Josh, you know ain't nobody gonna listen to this. This is Chandler anyways. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Okay, y'all. We are going to be in Esther for the next few weeks. It's good to be back uh, on the podcast. We've had a few technical difficulties. Um, So we're going to be in Esther uh, for the next three weeks. That way we don't have to rush through it. Um, Tonight we're just going to do the first two chapters. Uh, We want to be sure we zero in on some of these details and understand what we're talking about and understand some of the words we're using. Uh, But while we're reading, I want you to look for these, these three key ideas. And uh, give you a second to write these down. Uh, but the key ideas of the book of Esther are that God is at work even when he is behind the scenes. God is at work even when he is behind the scenes. Now, his name is not mentioned in the book of Esther, which is which is crazy. You would think, you know, book of the Bible. Uh, obviously, it's talking about God, mentioning God. Uh, the characters don't mention his name. They clearly are thinking about him, but they don't mention his name. Uh, But what you will see is the sovereignty of God at work. You will see God's hand at work. Because the number of coincidences in this book, they're not coincidences. You you don't see his name, uh, but you see his fingerprints. Uh, Second key is that the schemes of the wicked are doomed. And we're going to find out more about that next week. And then lastly, God's plan for his people cannot be stopped. God's plan for his people cannot be stopped. Uh, And we're going to continue to see that over the next couple of weeks especially. But what we really want to make sure we understand is uh, sovereignty. Sovereignty is this idea uh, that God is in control. This idea that God is reigning, you see the word reign, that he is reigning over all things. We have a a quick story for you. This one comes from a book called Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God by J.I. Packer. It involves an ant. And so, like, imagine if I was to put uh, an ant in a bowl. Like, the sovereignty of me over the ant is not in doubt, right? Like, I'm in control of the situation. The ant might try to crawl out, and I might not want it to happen, but I'm not forced to do anything. I could choose to smush it, I could choose to pick it up, I could give it a piece of my cookie. Uh, I may, for my own reasons, may choose to let it crawl away, but I'm still in control. There's a difference between allowing the ant to leave the bowl and helplessly watching as it escapes. Just because I may not be actively trying to keep it in the bowl doesn't mean I'm not in control of the situation. So God has the ability to do anything and to take action and to intervene in any situation. But he often chooses to act behind the scenes or to allow certain things for reasons of his own. He gets his way ultimately in any case. God's sovereignty means that he is absolute in authority and he's unrestricted in his supremacy. And everything that happens is at at least the result of his permissive will. Even if some stuff that's happening uh, is not necessarily what he would prefer to happen. And so you're going to see the sovereignty of God in like a million different ways in the book of Esther. On uh, Sunday mornings, we're looking at the book of Ruth. 
uh, with Pastor Chris. And so the book of Ruth is a similar story. It's, uh, uh, it's a story of a faithful woman during a time of trouble. Uh, Ruth is about a foreign woman living among the Israelites, and Esther tells the story of a Jewish woman living among the foreigners. But in both cases, there's the courage, persistence, and faithfulness of a couple of people, and then there's the sovereignty of God that saves the day. There's uh, five feasts that the Jews uh, would read. Uh, they would read five books. More on that next week. But during the Feast of Purim, uh, this book of Esther would be read out loud. And so if you were a Jew, uh, you would read this book once a year. So once a year, you would hear the story of Esther, and it would be a, a book of celebration. And at this point uh, in Israel's history, the big kid on the block is Xerxes and his Persian Empire. Uh, depending on what version of the Bible uh, you read, you might be a little confused. The Persian version of his name is one that like, I won't even pronounce. Uh, the Hebrew-Latin translation is basically a Hazarias, but the Greeks call him Xerxes. And they wrote the history books, so that's the name I'm most familiar with. Uh, that's the name that the Bibles on the shelf have, so we're going to go with that. I won't, uh, it won't be on the screen because it's little font. Uh, it takes too long, but we're going to read uh, from chapters 1 and 2. Uh, there's going to be some uh, times when I'm going to skip around a little bit. Um, actually, you know, for the podcast, I'm going to summarize. How about that? So basically, uh, King Xerxes throws himself a party. Uh, he's, he's kind of feeling himself. He has a party that lasts a really long time. And on this, uh, then he throws a week-long banquet. And it said in there that he uh, instituted a rule that there be no limits to the amount of food or drink served. And so everyone was taking him up on that offer. And uh, it said on the seventh day when the king was feeling good from the wine, which is a nice way of putting it, the fact that he was drunk, uh, Ahasuerus, or Xerxes, commanded his people uh, to bring Queen Vashti to him. So he says, uh, hey come get my wife uh, so she can come out here and everybody can see how pretty she is or how good she looks. Uh, Vashti is having none of this. She's saying, you know, y'all been out here drinking. Everybody's drunk. I'm not going to come out and uh, be in front of your nasty friends just to have them, you know, point and look at me. So she says no. And then all of uh, the king's men are like, dude, you got to do something. Like, you got to do something for all of us. Because our wives are going to hear about this and they're going to, could you imagine the disrespect? And so he uh, issues a decree that says that, you know, wives should obey their husbands. And then he's like, I'm getting a new wife. Some of his people say, hey, you should get a new wife. And he's like, that's, that's a good idea. New queen for me. And so he holds this pageant. It's kind of like a pageant. It's kind of like... It's kind of like American Idol meets The Bachelor meets uh, Joe Millionaire. <clears throat> so one of the people uh, that's a part of this process is Esther. Now, Esther is a Jew. Uh, Esther is living with a guy named Mordecai. Mordecai is her older cousin. And Mordecai has raised her uh, because you know she was an orphan. Her parents uh, passed away. 
And so uh, Mordecai is a little older than her. He's seems like a pretty wise guy from what we'll uh, read in the book. And he says, you should do this. Like, okay, go for it, but don't tell him that you're Jewish. People know that Mordecai is a Jew. People don't know that she's uh, a Jew. He says there's a lot of animosity here in Persia with the Jews. Like, we should keep this on the down low. And so, um, in chapter 2, it said uh, that she won more favor and approval from him than did any of the other virgins. Uh, He placed the royal crown on her head and made her queen in place of Vashti. Uh, The king held a great banquet for all his officials and staff. It was Esther's banquet, and he fed his provinces uh, from tax payments and gave gifts worthy of the king's bounty. So not a lot of conflict yet. There's a lot of moving parts at this point, a lot of long odds that would seem like coincidences that we know aren't coincidences. It's the sovereignty of God. It's his hand uh, moving in all things, and that's really cool. But we're gonna hear next week like stuff is gonna stuff is gonna go down next week. Uh, the last thing you need to know uh, for this week's passage in chapter two is what happened with Mordecai. Mordecai, uh, and this is God's sovereignty as well. Mordecai is working at the king's gate, and he overhears a plot to kill Xerxes. Well, he tells uh, Esther. Esther tells Xerxes, saves his life. And it gets written down in the book. But the truth is, everybody kind of forgets. Uh, You're going to find out later. They actually don't do anything for Mordecai. Uh, They just kind of write it down. Uh, But Mordecai was in a position to save the life of King Xerxes. He could have decided not to, but he went for it. And uh, that's what he did. Um, There's a lot more to learn. So I don't really want to spoil... Anything, but you're going to continue to see uh, God's sovereignty over the next next couple of weeks. Now, one other point or one other just thing I want to throw out, and this is free, is uh, it's not central to the lesson, but it's Bay ain't Bay if Bay don't pray. And I know some of you don't understand what that means. It's sort of a uh, high school way of saying things, but. Bay ain't bay if bay don't pray. So I don't doubt that Esther was gorgeous. It says that she was beautiful. But there's a whole lot of beautiful people in Persia. And I'm just speaking personally. A girl that has a real walk with God, that carries herself with dignity, and knows that she is a daughter of the king, is sexy. Like that is attractive. So guys, girls, you know, you might think sometimes you want a bad one, but no, you want to marry an Esther, no doubt. John MacArthur said this, he said, uh, true holiness and virtue command permanent respect and affection, far more than charm and beauty of face and form. Let me flip to uh, Proverbs 31. I know some of you were... We're thinking that with my last point. I'll just read uh, some of the last bit of that. Talking about a, uh, a godly woman. 
says, many women are capable, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward for her labor and let her works praise her uh, at the city gates. Well, guys, I'm looking forward to uh, the rest of the book of Esther. Uh, really looking forward to next week, which is kind of the, the hinge that the book swings on. Uh, just continue to be in prayer for us and our ministry, and thanks for listening.